Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Good morning, South Valley. And welcome to another morning to worship the Lord together. This is our final Sunday of 2020. So what better way to start your day off than to just give God praise for his amazing grace. This is 
As we continue to worship the Lord this morning, I want to share this Bible verse with you. It comes out of 1 Thessalonians, and it says this, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So let's continue to worship and be thankful for his goodness.
last song of our worship set we wanted to share with you this morning as uh, we go into God's word there's gonna be a time where Pastor Seth leads us in communion together and this song is is a new song that just speaks to where our hearts should be uh, as we close this year and as we come into God's presence as we uh, share communion together let these words be a reminder of the love we have for the Lord as well as how much love he has for us
Heavenly Father, Lord, we just pray that this morning we would have that heart, that we would come back to you, our first love, Lord, that as we end this year, we would commune with you and your spirit would flow during this time, Lord, that it would be an opportunity to just connect with you in the deepest way possible and that we would rekindle that love that we have in our hearts for you, Lord. We would feel your presence, Lord. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you, an opportunity to lift our voices up, Lord, and just let these words flow through us and remind us of the great love you have for us, Lord, a love that ultimately paid the precious price of your son, Lord, to draw us back to you, Lord. So we thank you for that provision. We thank you for a God that loves us so much, Lord. And we just pray that as we turn to you and listen to your word this morning, Lord, you would speak to our hearts. So we give you all the praise. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to spend time in communion, and we wanted to take a moment to remind you, if you haven't already done so, go ahead and grab some communion-like elements from your pantry or your kitchen, whether it's bread and, and juice or crackers and water. You guys don't get caught up in the elements themselves. What matters most is the posture of our hearts as we remember Christ in a special and meaningful way. And so we'll give you a moment. Go ahead and pause if you need to, and then go grab what you need. Come on back, and we'll get going. Now, because we are not meeting in person, we want to make sure that there are a couple of announcements that we share with you so that you're staying aware of what's happening. So the first thing, over the last few weeks, we've been sharing with you. It's been an arduous journey uh, praying for and preparing for a senior pastor. And so this upcoming weekend is a huge one for us and that we get to hear our pastoral candidate, our senior pastor candidate, this upcoming Saturday and on Sunday. So 6 p.m. on Saturday, we'll have a service at South Valley in person. And then we have two services on Sunday, the normal services, 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We will only have children's ministry available at the 10.30 a.m. service. So just make sure that you plan accordingly. After all of those services, we will have a brief meeting for the South Valley Community Church members to have an opportunity to vote to affirm the candidate. And so you should have received by this point in your mailbox, hopefully uh, from us, uh, for those of you who are South Valley members, some information that's pertinent for the weekend. So just make sure that you review that. And if you have any further questions, you can contact us at the church. And for those of you who aren't able to attend in person, uh, we will have a website uh, available through our own website, a link on our website for you to be able to hear the candidate, but we will not be streaming the services on Saturday or Sunday um, for a number of reasons, uh, but all that information is included in the letter that we have available for you, okay? So we wanna make sure that you guys are all aware. Please continue to be praying for our candidate, and we are just so grateful for us to be able to be at this point in our journey. It's been an arduous 18 months, and we are just looking forward to seeing what will take place from this point forth. So just bear that in mind, pray with us, alongside us, and we just know that the Lord is gonna uh, do a great work no matter what happens. And so we're super excited. Second thing, talk about God doing amazing things. We have been participating over the last couple of weeks in the Thanksgiving offering. This is our opportunity to give beyond our regular giving, to be able to bless so many different people, you guys. And you guys have heard it up to this point, so you, you know what this Thanksgiving offering is for. As of today, the day that I'm filming this video, today is Tuesday the 22nd. So as of today, 
the total is uh, just over $25,000, you guys. And that is amazing. We are so excited for just, man, just the outpour of generosity, sacrificial generosity, and to see so many people so willingly giving to be able to help uh, feed the needy in our community through Lamore Christian Aid, to be able to uh, provide for our ministry partners and to bless them uh, and, and during such a hard year. Um, and then also to to support the ongoing mission of South Valley Community Church and to help uh, lay a strong foundation for when our senior pastor comes so that we can move forward and and committing our ourselves to that mission of leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we are uh, just a few days away from the deadline, which is the 31st of, the, of December. And so we, are, we have a goal of $30,000, y'all. So we believe and trust that the Lord is going to provide and we are so blessed for or, or by the efforts that have already been made forth. And so if you haven't uh, given and you feel compelled to do so, you can visit our website, svcclamore.org, and you can click the donate button at the top. And as you go through that process, just make sure that if it is your desire to give through the Thanksgiving offering, to select the Thanksgiving option on the drop-down menu. That way we know uh, how to allocate that when it comes down to it, okay? So we just want to make sure that you're aware. And then also you can always uh, give by dropping it by the church office. We've got a door um, deposit uh, area that's super safe. And if you want to give toward the Thanksgiving offering, just make sure to put Thanksgiving in the memo. All right, you guys, we're on to the remainder of the service with Seth, and we're so glad to be able to share in this time. It's been a crazy year, y'all. I don't think you need me to tell you that, but even though it's been a crazy year, God is sovereign. He is beautiful. He is on the throne. He does not change. He is victorious. He's amazing. He's mighty. He's powerful, and we can lean on him, and I am just so blessed that even in the midst of all that has taken place, that we serve a God who is of love and of sovereignty. You guys have an amazing day. We'll see you later. Bye now. Every year, Jewish families will take part in a, a really special feast. And uh, ancient Jewish families would have gathered together and uh, they would have sat at a table that was kind of on the floor like this. And the families would have sat around the table and taken together a meal called the Passover. And this is actually a meal that Jesus himself would end up having with his own followers, with his apostles. But before we really start to get into what Jesus did with his apostles, I want us to rewind some to get a better vision of this story. All the way back in the book of Exodus, Right, the very second book of the Bible. We've when we get to Jesus and the story that we're gonna look at in Luke, we've already gone through the whole Old Testament, all of those Old Testament books, and we've waited a few thousand years, and then Jesus has come on the scene, and then another thirty plus years. Right? So this is way, way, way back in the book of Exodus, and God's people are in bondage as slaves. And as these slaves, they're they're 
forced to work under Egyptian rule. They're being oppressed. And, uh, and so God calls somebody named Moses and he calls this man to free his people. And so in this process, you may be familiar with what we call the 10 plagues of Egypt. And uh, with each one of these plagues, God was working to move the Egyptian government to release his people, to let them go and to let them worship him freely. And a plague would come and the Pharaoh would, he'd change his mind just to change it back and say, no, you can't leave. You're going to stay as my slaves. And so eventually there's one final plague. And what happens is God tells all of his people, he says, hey, I want you to kill a lamb. And I want you to take the blood and I want you to paint it on the posts, on the doorposts of your house, on each side and on the top. And when that happened, the angel of death was sent by God to kill the firstborn of every family, except there was a catch. Every house that had this painting of lamb's blood on the doorpost was passed over. And so there was a meal that was put in place to commemorate this. There was a meal that the people of God would have where they would sit and they would eat a lamb and they would uh, eat these bitter herbs and this very ritualistic meal that was meant to make you remember something. And, and we can resonate with this to some extent, right? Like if, if somebody were to come and feed you hospital food, right? Like you're going to remember something. There's going to be something in your mind, whether, whether it's remembering a time that you were in the hospital waiting for the birth of a child or whether uh, you were in the hospital for some sort of surgery that you had, whether you were uh, waiting at the deathbed of a loved one. When you eat that hospital food, you remember something. It's, it's not just food anymore. But there's a whole moment of your life that's wrapped up in this moment. And that's what the Passover was for the Israelites. It was a moment to remember the things that God has done. And they would celebrate this meal every year. But we fast forward and we get to Jesus. And the time has come for the Jews to celebrate the Passover. But in this moment, Jesus is preparing to have the Passover with his followers. So we're going to be in the book of Luke in chapter 22, starting in verse 7. <clears throat> and it says, Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go make preparations for us to eat the Passover. So see, this wasn't anything new, right? They'd, they were used to having the Passover. This was something that Jesus, being a man who was born in Israel, raised as a Jew, part of that culture, that's who he was. This would have been something expected. There was nothing out of the ordinary in this moment. And this is key in on this, because what I want you to key in on is the fact that God will step into the ordinary and make it extraordinary. God will step into our ordinary lives and make a slight 
pivot and change everything. So they come to this ordinary moment and they're preparing to have Passover. And then when we keep reading in verse 9, the, Peter and John respond to Jesus and they say, Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. And he replied, As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters. And say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. Now, I love this. I love this. Because don't forget that this is Jesus we're talking about, right? This is the Son of God. This uh, God in the flesh. This is the man who, when he was faced with dead people, whether it be uh, the children of, of Israelites, whether it be Lazarus, he could speak to them and raise them from the dead. This is Jesus, who a woman who was unclean, who was isolated, lonely, who had never felt the touch of another person for years because of a bleeding disorder, touched the garment of Jesus and in an instant was healed. This is Jesus, who when it was, came time to feed people, thousands of people with just a couple fish and loaves. He fed all of them and there were leftovers. This is the Jesus that we're talking about. And so as Jesus prepares to have Passover, he could snap his fingers and say, the room is prepared. Let's go. But instead, he pulls aside Peter and John and he says, hey, I want you to go to this house and ask the man where his guest room is. And you'll go up there, and to some degree, it's furnished. The things that we need to have a dinner are there, right? There's a table, there's, there's pillows for us to sit on around the table. But I want you to go and prepare the Passover meal. You set out the lamb, the, the uh, bitter herbs, the things that we'll eat with the Passover meal. You do that. And church, this is, this is huge. Because this is the same God who today, we, we look around the world and we ask, why are things the way that they are? Like, why doesn't, why doesn't Jesus just snap his fingers and, and fix everything? And one day he will fix everything, but right now, right now he wants you to be a part of the story. You're part of this. He is calling us to participate in his mission with him. Jesus could have had Passover all prepared by the time all 12 apostles got there. But instead, he said, I want to do this with you. You go, set up the preparations so that we can enjoy this meal together. Then we pick up in verse 13 and it says, They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Now, this is big. This is big because Jesus 
says that he has eagerly desired not just to have this meal with him. Yes, he wanted to have Passover with him. And, and I imagine he probably has had Passover with him because his ministry lasted for three years and this is an annual feast. But he says, I have eagerly desired to have this meal with you before I suffer. Darkness is approaching. Something sinister is about to happen. And, and of all the things that Jesus could have done to prepare his followers for this moment, for his death, his crucifixion, his martyrdom, Jesus wants to have the Passover with them. He says, this moment, this is the one that I want. Now think about this. See, what the Israelites were remembering is they were remembering a time when there was a Passover, right? The angel of death passed over. He saved them. They were free. The Pharaoh was letting them go. Victory was ours. The, everything was full of brightness and goodness and there was only celebration. And, and the people of God were allowed to leave and be freed and they were set out and they were going and they were excited. It was victory until they got to the Red Sea. And they were trapped. And they get there and there's no way across. And they look back and Pharaoh's army is on his way. And see, they're not just in this moment, they're not just stuck between a rock and a hard place. But in this moment, they are trapped between certain death and certain death. It was in this moment that the Israelites realized they didn't make it. There was no victory. They were going to die. Until God, through Moses, raises his staff and the waters miraculously begin to move apart. And they didn't walk through some sort of marshy swamp across, but the Bible tells us they walked on dry land all the way across. And it was in their certain death that Pharaoh and his army were crushed and defeated. Now see, Jesus is counting on his apostles remembering this as they eat Passover. Because he's preparing to have this meal with them. And he's saying, look, there is something dark that's about to happen. You are about to be faced with a moment that looks to be certain death, but I want you to remember that as you see me now, as we have just come into Jerusalem and you've celebrated, you've seen your king come, everything looks like victory. In a moment, it's going to look like death. In a moment, it's going to look on both sides as if you are facing certain death. But I want you to remember that when you see me die on the cross, I'm not done. I'm not done yet. I'm just getting started. Just the same as when the Israelites were escaping Egypt on their way to the Red Sea. When they saw that sea, I wasn't done. I still had moves left to make. I still had plans for their lives. And the same can be said for you. As we eat this meal, remember the past. Remember the things that I've done. Remember the things that have happened. But don't forget to use that to look forward. 
Look forward to what will be, what can happen, what I might do, what I'm going to do. See, Jesus was using this meal to prepare his followers for a moment in which they would sit together and they would celebrate Jesus. They would celebrate Passover. They would celebrate God. But he wanted this to prepare them that when they looked to the cross in just a few moments, they wouldn't lose hope because they knew that the past That the way God has worked before means that there is promise for how he will act in the future. And the same way that he led the Israelites through the Red Sea, through certain death, he would do it again. And not only that, not only that, but as the people of God were saved through the Red Sea and Pharaoh and his army were crushed in that Red Sea. Hmm. Remember, James, John, Peter, the rest of you, remember that as you see that cross and as you fear, as it seems to be certain death, that will be victory. Uh, We haven't had the victory yet, but it's coming. See, we're in this moment, church, that it feels as if we're already there and we're not yet there. And the reason for that is because we are. See, Jesus on the cross defeated death. It was the thing that looked to be certain death that actually defeated it. The thing that looked as if the enemy finally had Jesus defeated, it was that thing that defeated the enemy. Victory has been accomplished, but it's also not yet come. See, we have this time that we, we look to communion and we remember. We remember the sacrifice of Jesus. We remember the brutal death on the cross. We remember the things that he went through. But remembering the things that God has done also reminds us of his current character, of his future character. That if Jesus said he would come once and he did, then when he says he comes, he will come again, he will. That when Jesus says that death is defeated, it means that it is. When Jesus on the cross said it is finished, it means that it is finished. Victory is certain. And so we take this remembering But we also take this looking forward to the future, knowing that no matter how dark things seem to be, whether our darkness is a Red Sea, whether our darkness is the cross of Jesus, no matter what that darkness may be, light is coming. Light is coming. And Jesus will use that seemingly inescapable darkness to bring the light. And so we can mourn the death of Christ. We can, we can look back and, and anguish over what he went through for us. But we can also celebrate because he's still alive. Because he's coming back. Because victory is on its way. And we know that with certainty because of his death. Because he rose from the grave. 
Because as he ascended to heaven, he said, hey, I'm coming back. And when somebody rises from their own grave, you can trust that person. You can trust them. So we're going to have communion together as a church. So as we take this time of communion together, uh, even if it is online, even if we are watching on screens, I want this to be an intimate time together with, with our families, uh, even if that's possible for you. And so I'm, I'm going to invite my wife to uh, go ahead and have communion with me as well and with us as a church. And uh, if you do have children with you, uh, this is an opportunity for you to explain to them that this is something that you do because of your relationship with Jesus. And, and if you're watching this and you're not a Christian, you're just checking things out, um, let me just say that this is something that we believe is for Jesus followers. This is something that we do as followers of Jesus to remember him, to celebrate him, and to hold on to hopeful excitement for what we know that he will bring. And so um, this is a time that, that as families, we can sit and celebrate Jesus together as a church. Even if the coronavirus has separated us, we can still celebrate Jesus together. And so Jesus has set this message to his followers and he's sitting in this room with his 12 about to take Passover meal together, but he pivots it a little bit. He's taken something that may have become ordinary and he's going to make it just a little more extraordinary for his people. And so he sits down with them and as we continue in our text, in verse 17, it says, After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And so I'm going to take this actually. And if you'll hand me your cup, you can, if you haven't already begun to prepare your elements, you can begin to prepare them. And he took the cup and he divided it among them. And then it says in verse 19, and he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we're actually going to take the bread and we're going to break it, remembering the broken body of Jesus, remembering that it was, uh, he was fully human. He suffered on that cross. His body was broken to pay the sin penalty for us. And we remember that brokenness. And he divided the bread up among his followers and they ate it. And as we take this together, just take this moment to reflect on the passion of Jesus.
If you hear that little bit of cooing, my son is in here. We got three kids. We're doing what we can from home. But Jesus continues in this moment after they've taken the bread. In verse 20, it says, In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And so they distributed the drink and they drank it. And so this was a moment, a moment that the followers of Jesus could look back. They could celebrate the Exodus. They could celebrate the Passover. They could celebrate that God uh, spared their firstborn, their firstborn sons. And, And they could celebrate all of that. And they could do it in this moment with Jesus. But he was also preparing them that in just a few moments when things get really dark, don't forget the Red Sea. Don't forget that what you thought was certain death, God used for life. And again, in a few moments, they would see the cross and they would hopefully remember that what seems to be certain death, Jesus is about to use for life. And as we in our own lives continue as a church, as the followers of Jesus, things may get dark. But as things get dark, as things seem maybe to the extent of certain death, may we remember that God will often take these things and use them for life. And if he claimed the victory through his resurrection, he's already claimed victory, but he's also not yet claimed it. It means that there is a time that he is coming to claim the fullness of his victory. And we can celebrate that as a church. We can continue to move as a church and celebrate and rejoice and continue the work that he started because we know that we are on the winning side. And so in communion, we reflect, we remember, we celebrate Jesus for all he was worth when he was here on earth. But we also celebrate what we know is still to come because we know that Jesus is good. So let me pray for us, church. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the message of communion. We thank you uh, for this time and, and for the technology that allows us for an intimate moment, even, even as we're in a global pandemic, that we can still participate together as a church. And so God, I pray that you would remind us in this moment that even as things may seem dark, light is coming. Uh, just, as, just as things seem dark on the first Christmas, Light was coming and and Jesus had come already, but he has not yet come. In, In the moment of communion, they celebrated what was already accomplished, but not yet accomplished. And even today, Jesus, we celebrate what you already accomplished on the cross, but what you've not yet accomplished in your second coming. We thank you. We celebrate you. And, and we just 
hand everything to you in this moment, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you, church. Thank you for taking the time to celebrate with us. Uh, Pastor John is actually going to lead us in one more song to celebrate who Jesus is, the intimacy that he's created us for. And uh, we're going to celebrate and sing a blessing over your families as we close out 2020. We love you and we can't wait to see you again, church.
before 